0: live from america's finest city this is real talk san diego on espn 1700
1: (laughs) we'll try that again what's happening san diego hey it's thursday at 10 and you know what that means that means it's time for some truth welcome to truth radio gang I'm your host, Jesse Abanias. I'm flanked by uh, two of what I would like to be considered as the industry's finest right now for a little dose of consciousness, hopefully some good storytelling. Catch us up with the single purpose of leaving you a little better than how we found you, gang. Uh, I am a co-founder of The Greenhouse Group, located right down here in the heart of San Diego. We help folks get into and out of homes and finance them in between. And I am flanked by my business partner of about 85 years, at least. Jeremy back. And, you know, Jeremy, since you're in the office, go hey, ahead buddy. and, uh, and hey. introduce yourself, my friend. All right. All right. Well,
2: um... I think that introduction is pretty good. One of the finest I heard. That's that's a good start. Uh, your business partner for a long time now. Looks, like, yeah. by the way, It had nothing to do with your sure. professional. Sure. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Face yeah. For this is going well. Yeah. And so, uh, mortgage planner by trade. You know, um, that's what we do. We help people buy homes uh, using finance utilities and, of course, refinancing uh, when it's appropriate.
1: And is this your uh, your your body double, your stunt body At double Craig, here to the right? My younger brother, <laughs> Mr. Is Craig here Sutliff. In the house as well. Uh, fans actually lined up. I saw more Craig Sutliff fans with signs than anyone else, so,
3: Craig, give give your peeps some love. I had to use the back door to to get in here. It's just, the (laughs) the, autograph signing was a little bit overwhelming just getting out of the car. Yeah, yeah, I've been a mortgage and real estate consultant for, geez, about 20 years now. So, started in 95 and uh, jumped into the real estate side of things after doing loans for quite a while uh, back in 06. So, you know, professional resumes faxed to the eardrums of everybody here now,
1: respectively, hanging out with us for a little dose of the truth. The reason why I wanted to lead with introductions, because we're about to get into a very topic and domain-specific conversation. This one's going to be called The Winners and Losers of the San Diego Housing Market 2016. Things We Got Wrong, forward slash might say learned. Right, Kregels? Absolutely. Uh, Things We Got Right. I don't think Jeremy's going to have anything to contribute on that one. No, and then we're going to make some bold predictions for 2017. So, gang, if this conversation right now that we're having around San Diego local housing is important to you, then you might want to you might want to take heed on point number one because there was some very interesting things that we had to learn in 2016. I'll go ahead and lead. Mai Tai. Yeah, sure. Mai Tai is a drink that you serve in the islands. Mai Tai lead. Uh, I'll tell you one thing I got wrong, man. I, I was convinced that with the, the big run-up uh, that we had, I mean, God, you could even par- parry back to eight years, but, but more consistently in about the last 36 months, especially with prices and also volume. You know, 2013, uh, 2014, it kind of danced around a little bit. I was confident that the housing supply was going to replete itself a little bit. Did that happen Mm, this year, Craig?
3: No, no, no. What did happen? It was tight inventory. You know, we did see uh, uh, an increase a little bit in sales over last year, but uh, by way of just overall supply, really tight. We were up against multiple offers, just knocking heads with uh, uh, the all-cashies. They were still out there, and uh, a lot of people just looking to put their name on a house. So, it was uh, a tough market, a lot of negotiating involved, which... uh, at the Greenhouse Group we thrive on. Um, Ooh, a little plug there for the Greenhouse Group, right? Oh, yes, absolutely. I'll give myself
1: one of those, and then... Uh, <laughs> Man, you are one pathetic loser. Which, you know, that wasn't very nice. Who said that, by the way? Is that Engineer Jeff? That's not fair. Uh, so, uh, for me, the one thing I thought I was really going to see was the builders. You know, step back up. You know, mm. uh, we see that the flippers are still trying to do their thing. We joke sometimes that, like, it's like the last oldest crocodile left in the mud pond after the monsoons have receded. Right. And the once, a, once thriving, vibrant ecosystem is now just the one croc left who's making 10 bucks on the entire flip just to keep his crew yeah, employed. Point. But we did see a big, big uh, run up in multifamily. So, you know, uh, and truthfully, there was a little tick up in in residential uh, single-family starts as well, one units, but the big jump was in multifamily. Why do you think that is, Jer?
2: You know, um, I think what you see is, as the the market in the lower end, I would say, like lower dollar area starts to dry up, or there's not as much space there, then you have to start spending a little bit more money, and when you start looking at multifamily, it just takes more money to get there, and so the investor dollar needs more space to grow. So that might be an indicator there that they're just looking, you got to spend more to get into the conversation.
1: I think one thing that I noticed was, and I know this from my builder buddies, is that when they go and build doors, they're building them to rent them. They're not building them to sell them anymore. And we'll get into rents a little bit later. That's a big part of some of our bold predictions for 2017. But the other thing is the litigation. You know, like, like why are you signing yourself up for almost a sure uh, uh, suit? in the first 10 years, because you know they're going to find something wrong. Yep. Mm-hmm. And you know there's companies out there that shark that stuff specifically to go make sure that they find at least one thing wrong so they can go do that within that first 10-year window. By the way, so uh, I'm dominating the, the things I got wrong right there. So that's my big thing. Uh, what about you guys? Who wants to go first?
3: You know, I'll jump in on that. Um, What'd you get wrong, Craig? I didn't think that home values were going to be... Ticking up so close to parity to the top of the market that we saw back in 06. Okay,
1: so you uh, got home prices wrong.
3: Yeah, I, I thought, I totally thought that, uh, you know, once we started getting there, that people would just get nervous and uh, values would start moderating a little bit. But we still saw, you know, year-of-year increases of about, you know, 5.5% in, in home values. So what did you learn from that? Um, uh, what I took away from was just the overall resiliency of the real estate market. It's like, you know, if you were in 2007, and and nobody can time the bottom of the market. It always happens by accident. Mm -hmm. And then somebody claims, like, oh, well, you know, it's because of my analytics, and I was able to time it. But, um, for instance, say say you picked up, we had home values drop about 50% in many areas of San Diego. Mm -hmm. So, if you had a single-family residence in 06, value of 450, that drops to 225, you know, after a couple years... Somebody going in and buying that, you could buy that property with three and a half percent down FHA financing. So you're only risking eight thousand dollars for a down payment. Tag on seven K for um, six seven K for closing mm-hmm, costs. Mm-hmm. So you're putting out fourteen thousand dollars. You did that with a purchase price of two twenty five. Now we're back up to four fifty. Yeah. So your actual return on that fourteen thousand dollar investment, you got two hundred twenty five thousand dollars of appreciation. You're talking one thousand five hundred dollar return on your investment.
1: And that's some solid mathematicals coming out of uh, Mr. Sutliff here, your yeah. body double. But you know the thing, obviously, Jer, that you can speak to is the triangulation, right? The affordability yeah. index. What was the reason why the prices still did what they did? What was the reason why people were still buying was because... Yeah. rates stayed low. Incredibly low.
2: Mm-hmm. And that's actually... That's a great segue, Jesse. I'm glad that you, we have the notes up on the, uh, on the board up here. I'm here for um, you. <laughs> what I got wrong...
1: Um, was that I thought that rates were going to run up quicker than they did? Well, they were. Everybody told us this mm-hmm. to the pundits. They said, "All expect rates were going to be by what by the end of 2016? Sure, like a point higher. And, I think that's what everybody said. You know, when when I was
2: a regular on the show before I got kicked off. Yes, um, we used to talk about this. <laughs> it was it was a scandal. It was uh, you're not supposed to talk about it anymore. That's right. So, uh, we used to talk about the idea that the trend was upward significantly, and, and one of the things that we kept talking about, you know, uh, clients would ask me to make the prediction, and of course I, I can never do that, but one of the things that we talked about were indicators, and all the indicators pointed upward. And it wasn't until the election bump that we saw this you know half point to three-quarter point in interest rate jump, but it was a single item that made it move, rather than this trend that we expected to see. And it was that, I think, uh, uh, level, low-cost money. That allowed these prices to continue to move, and so so it's going to be curious as we move into this next year uh, where we see this uh, this thing uh, play out in terms of home prices and, and values.
1: And I'd love to hear what you learned about that because that was the second thing that I got wrong. I'll mark the date; it was November tenth. You know, just we could hit it with a pebble back. It wasn't even more than a calendar month ago where we all woke up. To a brand new reality, mm-hmm. politically speaking, mm-hmm. um, and I, I thought for sure that that because it was, I think, uh, uh, Fanny Freddie, they had a .4 average basis in like one week, and it was the, one of the largest jump since like I don't even know. It was like it was, historically, it was yeah. huge. Like I don't, you know, crazy yeah, in, in at least several years or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I thought for sure that was going to scare all the buyers away, and I was getting ready to pack it up and pull the storm shutters down. Well, for the truth the is, holidays. The truth
2: is that many people got priced out of the San Diego market that day. That's the truth because you know when I've got a list of Is that
1: true though? Only a 0.4 basis point? What's that even do?
2: Well, so in San Diego, we all know that housing prices are are substantial. And so there are many people who are working on uh, applying for mortgages at their maximum purchase because price. they have to, not because they want. They to. Because They have to, right? And you know, you got you got a couple, a young couple, uh, both making you know entry level salaries, trying to buy a three four hundred thousand dollar home in San Diego, mm-hmm. and their max approval gets them to a certain point. You get a half bump in interest rates, and they're looking at a new purchase price, which may or may not uh, affect their ability to even buy in the neighborhoods that they want to.
1: Also, so you might even say counterpointed or balanced by the fact that I saw the opposite happen. Mm-hmm. So this is under the category what I got wrong. I sure. thought we were going to be shutting it down for the holidays, right. going to a bunch of uh, of pumpkin pie. Right. I saw Craig a, a a swing on the other side. So it's like I thought that the rate hike was going to mean death to the buyer market. Right. The rate hike actually only meant a sales spike. Why?
3: <laughs> the rate hike meant a sales spike. Yeah, cuz everybody, oh, everybody's trying to get in. Exactly, put their name on man. it. Man, they got yeah, freaked yeah. out.
1: They, right? they it was almost like what they it wasn't what they lost, it was a fear opportunity cost of what could what more they could
3: lose. Yeah, right.
1: So, everybody's like, "Oh my god, I got to get in before it gets even crazier right now." Yep. And I could I didn't see that coming. And then it reminded me, as soon as it happened, I remembered back in 2013, it was spring. And Bernanke hopped up on the mic, our old um, Fed chairperson, and said, oh, hey, we're going to start pulling back on this quantitative easing. We're going to be raising overnight Fed funds rates. And immediately, within like one week, the same thing happened. Everybody got freaked out. But it actually created the opposite. Again, everybody went and tried to get their name on something because they were afraid it was going to go higher.
3: Right, right. Yeah. And he also talked about irrational exuberance back at the the tech bubble. But what that did is that we had an uptick in interest rates for a, a brief period, but then rates just tanked again. Because everybody was flying to the safety of the bonds, yeah. and it really put downward pressure. And what happened last year, this time, the Fed raised the federal funds rate a quarter percent, and actually interest rates dropped. And they've, been, they've stayed low all the way up to this post-election uh, period that we're in right now. And uh, just touching again on the other thing that I found very interesting was uh, rents in San Diego. Oh, don't even get me going. This is a so, whole thing we're going to do. Oh, yeah. So let's not even do no, that no, right no. now,
1: because we're going to tickle on that a little bit. We're, we're, we're coming up on a hard break here. But um, So what I heard, uh, what I, well, actually, my, my share was I got the rate game wrong. But it's interesting, though, because that was only kind of a reactive thing. So moving forward, I think your point, Jeremy, was what we could have all learned more, which is the squeezing out of the first-time homebuyer game, which is, categorically speaking, very near and dear to us. We're going to talk about that later, actually, in more depth. Craig, what you learned was the sales price. Sales you didn't price. see that coming.
3: Didn't see it getting up to parity. So the what's peak. the
1: harbinger of that? What did you learn moving forward?
3: Uh, the... Real estate market is extremely resilient, and I don't think that we're going to have that huge pullback that people think. Even with so, so really, you're speaking to buyer confidence. Yeah.
1: Okay. Fair enough. And then the other thing is inventory, and I think we got with the with the rental game coming up here yeah. in the next segment. We got something very important to share about that, and also that weaves its way into bold predictions. So, gang. As you can tell, we're just getting started here. So, flanked by two of like what I would like to consider industry—at least from your moms, anyway—would say you guys are industry-specific <laughs> domain experts, leaders, leaders yes. of the free world, and definitely this conversation. So, Truth Radio. Uh, when we come back, what we got right in 2016, and why—if you are a renter—you are not going to want to miss this. We'll be right back.
4: San Diego Financial Literacy Center, a local nonprofit providing free financial workshops about consumer finance, credit, real estate, and more. To learn how the San Diego Financial Literacy Center can help you, go to sdflc.org.
5: Hi, it's Courtney with 5 Star Escrow. If you provide 5 Star service, your escrow company should too. When you need fast... Friendly and accurate service, think 5 Star Escrow. We're the escrow company of choice for the friends of Real Talk San Diego, and we're committed to delivering a first class experience when you need it most at closing. Why settle for less? 5 Star Escrow, getting your transactions closed and getting you paid on time. Visit us at 5starescrow.com. That's 5starescrow.com. Stage.com brings what's happening within reach Like the latest styles by Calvin Klein, Jessica Simpson, Adidas, Skechers, Carters and more At prices that will wow your wallet And amazing beauty finds from Estee Lauder and Clinique Plus our mobile app and incredible sales give you even more ways to save There's always something new at Stage.com Value at your fingertips, style delivered right to your door Style inspired by you
6: At the Electoral Institute of the state of Baja, California, their main purpose is to promote your participation, guarantee your rights, and properly manage the elections. With engaged citizens like you, they'll achieve a winning Baja, California. Visit ieebc.mx. Keep giving them a hand with your participation, and together, democracy will be strengthened. Electoral Institute of the state of Baja, California. Mexico is a country of solidarity. For example, Gonzalo Rivas Camara saved hundreds of lives during an explosion at a gas station at Chupancingo, unfortunately at the expense of his own life. To acknowledge his heroism, he has been posthumously awarded the Belisario Dominguez Medal of Honor, the highest award bestowed by the Senate. Senate of the Republic, legislating with a vision for the future. 63rd legislature.
5: The Supreme Court protects your rights. That's why it's established criteria that benefits you in the issues of education, gender equality, alimony, health, the well-being of children, human rights, and many more. Get to know them at the Federal Judicial Weekly. Go to supremacorte.gob.mx. Your rights are protected by the Constitution and the Constitution by them. Supreme Justice Court of the Nation, safeguarding your rights.
1: Bring it in. This is like a tricapella Where's my where's my crew? A Tri-Capella? I don't even know what that means. <laughs> it works though. You Nobody know knows what it what meant that means. when you didn't know what it means. Truth Nation, just getting warmed up here for your Thursday at 10, which you know means it's time for a little dose of the truth. We're getting local, actually, and we got industry-specific experts, domain experts, which means you're really good at like uh, securing URL- URLs on GoDaddy. Dot me. Dot you. Uh, it, truthfully, though, Truth Radio, ding, Why do- is that uh, the housing market, gang, uh, had some very interesting, uh, it, it shifted when it should have shook, it upped when it should have downed, it downed when it should have righted. Craig, you're supposed to help me out with these old colloquialisms. Oh no! It zigged when it should have
3: zagged. That's that's the only one I got in my repertoire.
1: So what we decided to do was take a little look back as we get into the holiday months here. Figure out uh, what lessons that we learned. What did we get wrong? What did we get right? And and what can we all take away and move forward from as we move into the 2017? By the way, next segment coming up. And if you're catching us on the YouTube's, uh, you'll be able to search for this 2017 bold predictions. We got some important stuff to make sure that you, as on your horizon. If you're thinking about getting into or out of homes or secure your some financing in between. Uh, I'll tell you something, gang. I'll lead this off again. Uh, what I got right was I knew the rate, I'm sorry, the rent pain was a coming. You know, it doesn't need any uh, economical isms in order to kind of see how that whole thing was going to end up shaking out. You get that big squeeze from the lack of inventory. The prices continue to come up. We talked about last minute about the affordability index. There's only three things that are going to drive that conversation. It's how much money people are making. It's the um, available uh, mortgage rate that you can borrow on. And then it's the prices of homes locally. And that trend was off-the-chains white-hot liquid magma, which meant that it was going to create a larger gap and barrier for people to be able to enter the market, and we already have rental inventory shortage already, so that was just a time bomb waiting to happen. What we didn't possibly know, if we're being honest about it, was how to what degree. I heard some people say, and I don't know if this was like local-specific down at the beach where I was having this conversation, but rents were at 35-year highs. Wow. So what does that do? Gang, like, like, break that down. So, let's do it for both sides of the coin. Let's say you are trying to get into your first home, and let's say you're still stuck in the rental um, side of this. And you could even make an argument for the for the first time seller, right? So, what's it do for those three groups categorically when rents are so high? Uh,
3: With rents being so high, that means more people are going to be interested in getting into the uh, buying market. And uh, we, I think that's part of the increased demand. It's not only the interest rates being low, but people who got out of a house for whatever reason in maybe 05, 06, 07, when we had the, the bubble bursting, um, You know, some of them probably were like, wow, you know, I could have stayed into that house and been back at parity to where the home values were before. And I think a lot of those people were also surprised that rents didn't adjust at all. Uh, when they jumped out of the housing market, jumped into rentals, the economy's tanking and going down, and we saw a 50% reduction in home values in a lot of areas. But guess what happened to rents? Well, they did not go up. It was a steady climb through that, that entire period. So, I think one thing that uh, we walk away from is that um, you have more people that are, were in that renting market shift over and want to get back and put their name on something. So some of that demand is is from the realization that my rent ain't going down anytime soon. If it wasn't dropping during the, you know, bad economy, it's not going down. Yeah. How about the wait and see
2: game? I mean, how many times do you talk oh, to someone yeah. who says prices are too high, rates are going to go down, I'm just going to wait. And man, I got a list of people that I pre-approved for this current environment. Six months ago, 12 months ago, and they said, I'm going to wait because rates are going to go down. Yep. They didn't. I'm going to wait because prices are going to go down. They didn't. Yep. And maybe they will be right at some point. But right now they're looking at prices. But
1: does history tell that story? I mean occasionally you see cycles but you know it's really hard to time those kind of things. Well you always see cycles. Let's mm-hmm. call that spade the spade and they they historically have trended pretty consistently. Mm-hmm. The problem with that though playing mm-hmm. that game is the two variables that are totally outside of your control which dominate. So outside of you and you making money and you having a job and you you know having a down payment all stuff is um, the prices as they do cycle up they're not going to go back down to the referent or base point which they started from. Right. They're starting a new high. Right. They're cupping with handling as they continue to trend up. And secondly, good luck getting a 3.75 interest rate as we move into the few. I know we've said that before, but I mean...
2: That's the math that I used to do for people. You know, I can can show you how the lower interest rate uh, with the higher purchase price actually benefits you versus the uh, lower purchase price and the higher rate. And so the time uh, to capture those things, the power of the money
1: is where it's at. We're trained as consumers to look at price. Right. Every single thing we do, whether it's a coat or an Amazon gift you're getting for the holidays or a house. But the reality is that when it comes to real estate, what you're really buying is a payment. You're not buying the purchase price, you're buying the payment. And so it's difficult. I know for a lot of folks that we help that are relocating from other areas, they look at the prices and it's like sticker shell shock and it moves them into a state of, of immobilization. Right? I can't afford San Diego is the story they tell themselves. What they realize is that if you actually do the math at what the rates are trending right now, and you can even sit down with your CPA and get real deep into like, okay, well, if it's my income, maybe if I deduct my mortgage interest, you know, all that nonsense stuff that kind of goes along with it. Right now, with rents where they are, a lot of folks that we're sitting down and talking with are looking at an increase in their next lease signing that's potentially equal to, if not even some instances, greater than what their entry-level price on a home would be.
2: Yeah, yep. Which is, which is actually something interesting that I think is, has changed over time for me is that you used to have to do the math and say, oh, well, buying will eventually offset the cost of renting. And I can't tell you how many people I've recently done the discussion with where they we do the payment, we pre-approve them, and they go, man, that's less than I'm paying in rent. I can't believe how many times I'm having that conversation right now.
1: Well, I got a stat to back it up. So, right now, more than 85% of U.S. markets have rents that have exceeded 30% of their income. Wow. Okay? Now, you know, when you go to qualify for a mortgage, Mm. what's the maximum that Fannie... Uh, allows you to borrow against your income anyway. Yeah, I mean, so typically you're looking at about forty five percent, right? Right, which is a, t- a little stone's throw sure. from thirty. So you could imagine in some of the you know hotter markets like San Diego, for uh-huh. example, or Los Angeles or San Francisco, that that math gets blurry real quick. Yep. Mm. Right. So then it really comes down to down payment. Right. So if the rental math and the ownership math is 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 like a um, you know a push almost. Yeah. The, the, the barrier, typically, if it's not something silly like credit or you're n- not knowing whether you're going to stay there for more than five years or whatever, is down payment. And this is another concern about why rents are so high, is it's eroding people's ability to save for that down payment.
2: Yep. Yeah. Well, what's cool is the programs that are available um, right now and this is something uh, that I would say that I feel like I got right was a loosening of mortgage parameters uh, over the year um, yeah. we, we've seen markets uh, yield to the idea that the tightening after the bubble after the burst has kind of loosened up a little bit we yeah. see loan low down payment programs we see down payment assistance stuff really the barrier of down payment is less than it's been in a really long time I mean we're not back to you know sign your name on A piece of paper and hand you a house, but we are—it really is less of a barrier than it's ever been in terms of gift funds, down payment assistance, wonderful options for people uh, with very low barriers. I mean, Craig gave a a great uh, example uh, when we he was uh, out laying that out earlier.
3: Yeah, I mean, you can—the amount of leverage that you can get from a low down payment. And you know, if you want to go conventional financing, five percent down payment on a $400,000 home, you're looking at 20,000 dollars. Just from a financial analysis perspective, an investment perspective, that's an incredible amount of leverage, where you, ha- you can buy an asset with only five percent. But on top of that, the thing is that a mortgage payment allows you to effectively lock in your rent. And then right. you don't have somebody telling you whether you can put a hole in the wall where yeah. you can paint something, or or what you can do with that property. You know we've seen uh, rent rates increasing, and I know some property management companies that build this into their mm-hmm. lease agreements, sure. worth with an annual increase of five percent. Yeah. So if you have a two thousand dollar rent payment, that's a hundred dollars a year that your rent is going to go up. So all of a sudden, in five years, you're looking at twenty five. a month in rent. So, And then on top of that, the amount of money, if you're starting off at $2,000, let's just say, okay, it doesn't increase at all. Well, that's $2,000 a month. Annual cost for rent, $24,000. You're not paying down principal amount on an asset that you own. You're not getting the tax deductibility of interest. You're not being able to write off the property tax expense on that. You're paying a grip.
1: Now, and there is still a contingent of folks that don't understand that. Like, when you net-net out those two payments, they're not created equal. They're not just the whole amount that you're kicking on a monthly basis. Yep. I don't think that's so much the challenge as much as it is the down payment game. Yeah. Especially when you talk about prices being up, like we did in the last segment. Right. That, you know, is the um, uh, is the corollary to how much you're going to have to come, how would ransom you're going to have to bring to the table in order to get something. New. So... Jeremy, what what's the deal with down payment assistance right now?
2: So there are some products out there that are pretty attractive, and one of the challenges in this market becomes um, making sure that you have all your ducks in a row. So, from the real estate side, from the side that you guys uh, uh, represent, you you want a buyer who has everything ready to rock. Because when you approach the seller, you're going to say, look, we got a guy who has, uh, or a family, that has all these things they need to accomplish in the purchase transaction. We don't want that to be a problem or a perceived challenge for the seller. You want them to be ready. And so, uh, all the time I get a call from someone who says, I'm in contract, I'm looking to shop my mortgage. It's crazy to do that at the last minute. Get prepared early whether it's us at the Greenhouse Group um, or anybody else, make sure that you've done your due diligence with your mortgage, especially if you're looking to use Down Payment Assistance Program. So let me give you an example. We have a product with 1.5% down. You pair it with an FHA program. You can uh, simply um, have a very, very low down payment. There's not a lot of moving parts, and it's not going to get in the way of your purchase transaction. Super easy. Um, But, of course, nothing is for free. So that's going to come at an expense and you have to be prepared to do the math and make sure it's suitable for you.
1: Mm. And that, that takes a little bit of advanced planning. You know, another thing that's also putting pressure on the rents is that uh, the sellers, um, they have to oftentimes sell their home and then they get it in the rental market because they can't find a replacement property because the inventory is so tight. Mm-hmm. So that's a category that we usually don't see in a normal market. Normally, once you become a homeowner, you stay in home ownership capacity and you leave that inventory mm-hmm. for the renters mm-hmm. until they're going to get there. And the sellers a lot, a lot of times are taking a step backwards. Yeah. Not even because they want to, but because they have to. And they're trying to bide some time to be able to get. So one thing that we did get right also is the COP. We saw the return of the contingent on purchase. Everybody basically holding on to that e break that OS handle, to make sure that if they were going to sell their property, they had better found a replacement one in order to do that so that they're not stuck out on the street and no home to show for it, right? Yeah,
3: absolutely. And also negotiating rent backs into a contract was uh, was a big thing this year.
1: Look at Craig getting all strategy strategy on us
3: right now. I think, had, I think he had that one written down.
1: Yeah, yeah. Craig, they got to pay for that. As a matter of fact, if that's something that you want to learn more about, check Craig out. Uh, he's got a really funny headshot over at, uh, <laughs> at, at thegreenhousegroupinc.com forward slash Craig. Uh, and, and Jeremy, you shouldn't laugh. The camera there's angle. some silly ones of you over mm-hmm. at thegreenhousegroupinc.com forward slash Jeremy. And uh, gang, we're just getting warmed up on this. So uh, we're going to get you all caught up in a little sports minute from our buddies over at the CBS. And then when we come back... The boldest predictions for real estate 2017. You're not going to all miss this.
4: The San Diego Financial Literacy Center, a local nonprofit providing free financial workshops about consumer finance, credit, real estate, and more. To learn how the San Diego Financial Literacy Center can help you, go to sdflc.org.
5: Hi, it's Courtney with 5 Star Escrow. If you provide 5 Star service, your escrow company should too. When you need fast, friendly, and accurate service, think 5 Star Escrow. We're the escrow company of choice for the Friends of Real Talk San Diego, and we're committed to delivering a first-class experience when you need it most at closing. Why settle for less? 5 Star Escrow. Getting your transactions closed and getting you paid on time. Visit us at 5starescrow.com. That's 5starescrow.com.
0: Want the brightest Christmas lights on your block without the highest electric bills? Upgrade to solar and save with Hero Program. Visit heroprogram.com or call 855-HERO-411. Still think vaping's harmless? E-cig aerosol contains toxic chemicals and. teen who vape are three times more likely to smoke cigarettes. E-cigs, big tobacco's next chance to make a killing. Wake up at stillblowingsmoke.org.
6: This is Boomer Science with the CBS Sports Minute, brought to you by AutoZone. From parts to helpful advice, AutoZone has everything you need to get in the zone. AutoZone. Week 14 begins with a rare blockbuster Thursday night matchup. As 10-2 Oakland visits, 9-3 Kansas City. Since taking over the Chiefs in 2013, Andy Reid is 6-1 against the Raiders, including a 26-10 victory in Week 6. However, since then, the Raiders, behind Derek Carr's fourth quarter heroics, have it lost. They can clinch their first playoff spot since 2002 with a victory and a Miami or Denver loss. Although Kansas City is getting back Jeremy Macklin, the real key to the Chiefs' success has been their plus-14 takeaway giveaway differential and the special team spearheaded by rookie speedster Tyreek Hill. With temperatures plunging into the teens tonight, folks, the Arrowhead crowd will be wired. I like Kansas City. Let's say by a score of 27-24, it will be a wild environment. I'm Boomer Esiason. Gentlemen, make a
3: lasting impression this holiday season with JCPenney. Come early to beat the rush. Doors open this Friday at 9 a.m. and Saturday at 8 a.m. You'll only have to make one stop to get everything she wants with up to 70% off select gold jewelry starting at 79.99, and an extra 20% off sale prices with
6: your JCPenney credit card and coupon. Get the perfect gifts on her list. That's getting your pennies worth. JCPenney. Store made Maybellia, prohibited by law. Coupon required. Dollar 127 to 1224. 20% off,
4: subject
7: to credit approval. Check jcp.com, or Thursday newspaper for coupon and details. In business, Risks and rewards come with every decision, like moving to the cloud with Office 365. While its benefits include anywhere access and lower costs, cyber threats and user errors can quickly wipe out data and the money you save. Barracuda Essentials for Office 365 provide an added layer of security and functionality for threat protection, email migration, data recovery, and quality of service. Move securely to Office 365. Visit barracuda.com essentials to learn more. know. Hey!
1: I don't think 867 is gonna get you anybody in this room. <laughs> um, but uh, Truth Radio, Truth Nation. By the way, speaking of getting you in this room, if you got some local real estate stuff you want to hit us on, uh, give us a call in the studio. I will direct that right to Craig 858-202-0034. No, just kidding, we'd love to hear from you. So if you got any questions, hit us up. Gang, this is the thing. We, I should say, this triumvirate, hopefully you as well, uh, Truth Nation, have been waiting for bold predictions for 2017. A little bit of context I want to sprinkle first, gang. So, uh, uh, doing a little research on, uh, on our buddies over at Realtor.com and prep for the show, just kind of getting an idea. I know they do like kind of like a hey, you know, where's everything going to be looking for next year kind of game. I was shocked to learn. That San Diego not only made the top 20 list of, uh, of, of hottest markets that they see for next year, not because uh, I don't see us as a, a top 20 market. As a matter of fact, we made 15th on the list, but just because I kind of felt like, oh, I don't we were a little tapped out a little bit. You know, like we had had kind of that astronomical run up. I didn't really know how much was left in the kitty. They have us at an uh, estimated 6.5% appreciation. For the county. That's big. For twenty seventeen. That's huge. And by the way, uh, mm. it, I, I put together a free little infographic showing uh, all, actually all the list of the top 100 markets and uh, and then the top 10 as well, and who's predicted to actually climb to 7.2% regionally uh, next year. You can hit that by going to thegreenhousegroupinc.com forward slash hot list. So let's get into this, gang. I'd say the biggest predictor I can think of is the squeeze play as I'd like to call it, of what I think is going to happen for first-time buyers and then potentially even the boomers. I think this is categorically going to be the two biggest um, groups of folks that are going to be in the buyer's market for, for, for 2017. I think that uh, millennials are going to continue to dominate the market again. I see it being about a third of the transactions moving forward. But they got to be careful about what, Jar. That's a good question, Jesse. The rates, man. The rates. They're going to get squeezed right out. We kind sure. of talked about this a little bit gotcha. in the last segment, but say say more about that. So, you know, this is an interesting uh, uh, concept.
2: When uh, purchasing, you is one thing, right? Your value is one thing. You can determine what your value is going to be based on what the sellers want to get, but uh, the buyer has to come in with financing typically, and so um, the whatever financing utility they use, as rates go up, that. home, that $600,000 home costs different depending on what the prevailing rates are.
1: And by the way, 95% of millennials are borrowing in order to purchase. Almost definitely. Yeah. And so, and
2: and at high levels, at high leverage. So we're looking at FHA financing, uh, conventional financing, even with mortgage insurance. And so when you start talking about uh, 5, 10, 15, 20% down, a good portion of the costs of buying a home have a great deal to do with what interest rate they're able to get.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm. So, so uh, do you also see the purse strings of the lenders continuing to ease up a little bit as we now move into a higher confidence? Um, the lenders' uh, coffers, so to speak, are being replenished. And, Most definitely. And I, I actually even have some kind of a, a, a cynical view on this. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think Wall Street's going to learn its lesson. Mm-hmm. I could see us in the next five years going right back in the direction of what got us in the mess in the first yeah. place, even with the advanced regulation right now. But do you think that that might um, help keep the transaction, like the sales uh, volume up? Sure. So as the rates go up, they're like, oh, we gotta get some more deals, and then kind of pulling back and continuing to create like a a larger category? So check this out. Yesterday, in fact, I got a call from one of my lenders.
2: Uh, They're a pretty traditional vanilla lender. They do a lot of just regular loans. And um, uh, my my uh, contact there called me up, and they're doing an analysis as to whether or not they want to roll out some more non-traditional programs. Interesting. So, so you're parameter. like on
1: the you're like on the red phone. Apparently, you're in the presidential red phone. I'm not saying I'm the guy, but I'm saying I got the call. But right? they know that the guy might be in your office, and you sure. might be talking to them. And yeah. They
2: asked for the boss. I said, <laughs> "Well, he's not here. I'm gonna." You change your voice. So, um, but we had the conversation, and and they're they're legitimately considering opening up programs like bank statements. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, stated income products, non-QM wow. stuff, and we, we don't have to get into that right now, but yeah. the idea is that expanded parameters are on the horizon. I'm yeah. getting the emails all the time, but this was interesting that a a real big player in the industry yeah. uh, is considering how they're going to open up this conversation. Yeah. And so absolutely, without question, are we going to see it. Is this bank going to do it? Maybe, maybe not,
1: but without question, the industry is. So as rates rise, mm-hmm. uh, we're going to see a square down, but also you're saying maybe they could buoy it a little bit by opening up programs a little bit. Craig, what what say you?
3: You know, I, and I think the uh, business owners in throughout the country have been underserved underserved in this respect. Well, in San
1: Diego is a large um, uh,
3: self employed thirty uh, percent right. of of our employment force here in San Diego is business, people owning their own businesses. And uh, so I think that, that that is one of the tragedies uh, that occurred during the mortgage In meltdown the last 10 years, is yep. that the stated income programs, they got abused. And all of a sudden you got uh, a, clerk, a clerk is, at Seven yep. Eleven W-2, yep. all of a sudden stating yep. on his application that he makes seven grand yep. a month yep. and it passes muster. So- all the stated income programs got stripped away, and the people that are uh, business owners in San Diego got really, really robbed of uh, a valuable tool that they had.
1: Well, and I got to tell you, gang, I hope we figure this out because the sad part of this story—if we could cue the uh, the, the tiniest violin, uh, Jeff from the engineer room—is that uh, home ownership rates are down 10% in the last decade. So we were at about 62% in 005, and we're at 52%. Looking into uh, the stats that are coming in from 2016, well, that's yep. that's a little scary, yeah, and and concerning just from a direction perspective, right? Yeah. So so maybe we should uh, shift it up well, a little check, bit.
2: Check this out, please. So on this topic, um, we we can only do predictions, right? So when we look at mortgage predictions, the recent bump. And the recent history of low rates and then the recent bump up makes us think that rates will probably continue to rise. But when you look at predictions, uh, some of the leading uh, predictors, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac actually have predictions for 2017 with rates in the mid threes which means they actually see them fading back downward to where we saw them in uh, in in 2016 well that's
1: 20- a big correction for them because I remember looking at that same chart from that's the right. five big guys about two or three months ago that's right and it was saying about a point up and 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 my, my guess is that has
2: something to do with the current political arena and and, and the um, uh, policies being placed and then but you have other institutions like uh, like the National Association of Realtors and 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 even mortgage brokers Association which are predicting something in the mid fours so what what's interesting is obviously these are all just predictions mm-hmm. and and uh, the policy is going to dictate uh, where the market goes and thus the rates so these will be critical drivers for whether or not people are, are able to get into these homes and what those uh prices look like most most likely
3: and to dovetail into that um My prediction is we're going to just still still see significant demand. We're going to continue to see multiple offers, um, especially on the lower end. Uh, You have a lot of people, the single family. It's like that bell curve that you have in in school. You know, you got a certain percentage that get the F, certain percentage get the A's, and then you got that middle section that that buoys up the quickest. That's your three-bedroom, two-bath single family. Curving down to the side is your two-bedroom single family, and at the very tail ends, the the low ends. Which is now starting to rise is the one bedroom condos and the two bedroom condos. Um, and I've seen an incredible amount of competition going on in that arena. And especially people are thinking oh the cash buyers, they got the smart money got in, got out. Well guess what? The smart money's still buying those. And the reason is it's smart money and it's smart to put your name they're looking at these yeah. these these rental prode- projections exactly. and saying listen we got baked in here you know just a limited amount of inventory and rents continue to go up they're looking at the same data that i looked at from 04 2004 to 2014 that saw rents just kept going up you know it wasn't you know, moderating it wasn't dropping, and, uh, so and they, inventory it's a predictable is, cash flow. And
1: inven- there's no fairy dust being sprinkled over the county, all magically restoring our inventory, right? Which is going to continue that trend move forward. And I'll even do this, gang. So we'll call this maybe even like a hot round, right? So so wrapping up this this uh, bold predictions for 2017, we all agree that the interesting thing at play is going to be the squeeze play of the first-time buyer, and how that's going to behave, and the little dance that's going to happen between them and the lenders, and then even on the other side of that spectrum, we got the baby boomers who are going to be downsizing, and there's some really cool things I know on the horizon you guys are talking about for that. Um, Yes or no, or or maybe one or the other, what do you think the biggest challenge in 2017 is going to be? The rates or the inventory?
2: Jer? Well, my side's the rate game, right? Because that's what I do for people. So, I think think making sure people uh, can afford the homes that they want to buy. Yeah. So, so do you think that the me.
1: rates going up is going to be the biggest challenge in 2017? Or do you think the inventory continuing to be depleted is going to be the bigger challenge?
2: I think rates going up is going to be a
1: challenge. Yeah, I think so too, because it's what you look at. Yeah, Like inventory is invisible. Mm-hmm. You either have a house that you like mm-hmm. and you want to buy it or you don't. Mm-hmm. It's the thing. It's like what's, what's focal is causal. And so, looking at that rate yeah. thing and then feeling the loss mm-hmm. of the opportunity cost, I can totally hear that. Yeah. What say you, Craig? You think it's going to be rates or 100% inventory? the
3: rates. Yeah. Because there's always those people that are sitting on the sidelines. Oh, rates are going to be low forever. I'll put off selling the house. Because selling a house, some, it involves a lot of work. And so, I think there's a lot of home sellers. They've seen this appreciation in price. Yeah. And they're, they've just been kind of putting off selling that home, and now they're going, oh, wow, rates are actually ticking up. We better make a move. So I think inventory is going to go up.
1: That's Craig Sutliff, gang, real estate consultant and mortgage planner of The Greenhouse Group. That is Jeremy Beck, co-founder of The Greenhouse Group, mortgage planner extraordinaire. And I am Jesse Abanias, co-founder, real estate consultant as well. We are just halfway into this bold predictions for 2017 game. Coming up, the jobs. No one's talking about the jobs, man. We're probably sick of hearing them from the electrical, si- the electrical, the election cycle. But we got a little inventory game. We got a little, a little um, technology game and some interesting movers and shakers sort of at the ground swell of 2016 market. We'll be right back with that and more.
4: San Diego Financial Literacy Center a local nonprofit providing free financial workshops about consumer finance, credit, real estate and more. To learn how the San Diego Financial Literacy Center can help you go to sdflc.org
5: Hi, it's Courtney with 5 Star Escrow. If you provide 5 Star service, your escrow company should too. When you need fast friendly and accurate service think 5 Star Escrow. We're the escrow company of choice for the Friends of Real Talk San Diego and we're committed to delivering a first-class experience when you need it most. At closing, why settle for less? 5 Star Escrow. Getting your transactions closed and getting you paid on time. Visit us at 5starescrow.com. That's 5starescrow.com.
0: The holidays, so many presents, so little time. As much as we'd like to, it's impossible to make every loved one's Christmas celebration. With my family and friends all over the country, I can't be in two places at once. But with 1-800-Flowers.com, no matter the distance... I can still send my love with a dozen stunning roses. And right now, when you order a dozen stunning roses for only 29 dollars flowers will give you another dozen plus a vase absolutely free. Delivering a 1-800-Flowers rose bouquet for the holidays is the perfect way to show your loved ones that you're thinking of them. Buy one, get one free rose bouquets plus a vase. It's an amazing offer. And 1-800-Flowers is the only company I trust to deliver fresh, from-the-field holiday flowers. To order a dozen stunning roses, plus an extra bouquet and vase for just twenty nine ninety nine, go to 1-800-Flowers.com on your desktop or your mobile device. Click on the radio icon and enter code RYAN, R-Y-E-N, 1-800-Flowers.com. Click on the radio icon and enter code RYAN, R-Y-E-N. That's 1-800-Flowers.com and enter code RYAN.
6: After many days of sending messages to Susana, Julio finally landed a date with her. He pulled out all the stops to make sure their evening was an unforgettable one. The one thing he did forget, however, is to protect himself. Putting himself and Susana in danger of sexually transmitted diseases or an unexpected pregnancy. Protect yourself. It's your life. It's your future. Make it a safe one. Visit gob.mx comaleago. Government of the Republic.
7: Go to Fuller Honda. They are there to help make your Honda dream a reality by bringing you an excellent selection of new and used Honda vehicles and great service to enhance your ownership experience. Their friendly, experienced staff will be happy to respond to any questions you may have about sales, service, or parts. Fuller Honda has the whole lineup, from the Accord to the Civic to the CRV to the all-new Pilot. They have the right vehicle for your family. Best of all, this new Honda lineup features some of the best fuel economy on the market along with contemporary styling at affordable prices. Stop into Fuller Honda today and they will exceed your expectations from test drive to delivery. Their professional sales team is committed to a no-pressure, high-integrity approach to your ownership experience. Think Fuller Honda. Great prices, great selections, and great deals. Where they've treated you like family for over 60 years. Auto Park Drive off the 805 in the Chula Vista Auto Park.
0: Thanks for
1: Engineer think Jeff, keeping know it fun me. on the rejoiners for us. A little round of applause for a buddy in the booth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Making it fun for he's Truth a Nation. Message Absolutely, that he's ready to beat man. It. Absolutely. Yeah. He's saying wrap it up quick. Hey gang. Thanks for hanging out with us. This is a show about what we got right, what we got wrong in 2016. If you missed those two, that might be a good little harbinger. The truth, ding. Give myself points, too. Is that cool? That's Mm -hmm. all right, man. Um, For what we can learn and collateralize to move forward to make sure we get our 2017s correct. If we're looking to buy, we're looking to sell, or we're looking to get our name on some good new money. the uh, wrap up of uh, bowl predictions for 2017. Uh, I'd like to lead this one off with finally some really good news. Uh, for as long as I can remember, I feel like every story was that. A, was that a, was that a, like a comforting breath? Like we're on the fireside there. It feels it's like, like it's going like, to get Tell sweet me. right now.
3: Uh-huh. Got <laughs> <laughs> my hot coke over that, here.
1: That 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 the jobs in the county were always kind of a bummer. You know, like, no one could afford what they were doing here, and you were here kind of for the sunshine, and you, and you were a student, and gosh darn it, you couldn't make it work, so you had to move out, and you're hoping to come back sometime and move your family back, because the jobs was just kind of a, a downer. Well, guess what, gang? Uh, things done changed in the job market. We are now actually leading the recovery locally, meaning, I mean, like, regionally, actually, uh, for SoCal counties. A matter of fact, leaving them in the dust For job report. So if you look back over the last handful of years, we've been steadily, steadily, steadily digging out of the, you know, the the big bust, which is almost like a cliff dive off on jobs, passed it up quite a long time ago. And now actually year over year, uh, 3% up. From this time last year, there's actually 1.5 million reporting for payroll employment right now. And that's saying a lot, because Craig, you made this point in the last segment about what, 30% of San Diego self employed. Yep. So, what say you guys about the jobs? Well, that's
2: always a big driver for homes, right? And, uh, if not ta- the biggest. Right. And so you talk about um, uh, people needing a place to stay. They want to live where they work. And um, that's not always necessarily going to be in a sprawling environment. So you could see potentially new home builds. Um, you can see resale values that could push value just like what we were talking about earlier.
1: Man, the new home builds, we didn't even get into that, Greggles. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm telling you, man, the new home build is an interesting thing because of the premium it takes to get in. And the zero lot lines, just because the dirt's so gosh darn expensive. Yeah. You know, Reach out, you, touch your neighbor. That's what I'm saying, man. Yeah. You know, we, we we help clients with this all the time, where it's like everybody everybody shows up into the office saying, new build, you know, with their trumpets. Yeah. And then you get out there and you're like, this is the new build? Mm-hmm. And you end up kind of relegating yourself probably back to a resale and maybe with a $100,000 budget to, to do the little mini flip yourself. But so but, but what, what do you think about the jobs or maybe even another
3: bold prediction if you
1: move the conversation forward?
3: You know what? I think uh, San Diego has... A a lot more resiliency than a lot of the other uh, employment markets. I mean, we got tech, we got pharma, we got biotech, we've got military, and we got all the, you know, sort of the military complex that supports the military. So, yeah, uh, defense contractors. on top of that, you, you know, we got tourism. I mean, those those factors are yeah. are pretty huge. So, it's not a surprise to see that big spike up yeah. uh, in employment comparatively to to other areas. We got beer. Oh, absolutely. Microbeer? <laughs> We're <laughs> yeah, killing it. Yeah, it's coming it. up.
1: No, yeah. we we've, we've always been uh, carried on the shoulders of defense and tourism. There's no question about it. You know, so but like what do you think that's going to mean for our market moving forward? Do you think it's just a, a again another harbinger of, of confidence, of buyer confidence?
3: I think it's going to support the, the real estate market in San Diego. And I think that we're going to continue to see uh, prices go up. Um, the underpinnings of this market right now, its we don't have the, all the shady loan programs, option arms, that uh, stated income stuff. So, there's a lot of uh, the base of this market is, is really solid. And I think with an increasing uh, employment uh, industry uh, here, that it's going to really support... Uh, a lot more homebuyers. Fair enough. Jerry. what do you got? I think that um, I've got a, a, a little double-double here.
2: I think the current administration Yeah, you got something? Current administration is going to uh, roll back some of the uh, more uh, strict guidelines. I feel like it's building up. Yeah. Boom. Um, the current uh, strict guidelines around mortgages. And um, w- mortgages are going to become easier to do. Yeah. And they're going to be faster and smoother than ever, mm-hmm. uh, which is going to be uh, just a, a great relief for, for consumers and, and the buying process and the refinances in general. I think that might lead to uh, uh, an ease in rates and um, and a more streamlined process. Uh, my second prediction is that we're going to see a resurgence in um Reverse mortgages. We just had a bump in the um, maximum reverse mortgage loan amount. Um, So we're going to see people. uh, Craig, you brought this up earlier that you can now buy a home with a reverse mortgage. And a lot of people are now uh, revisiting the concept of what it means to use a reverse mortgage as you want to stay in place uh, as you age rather than going into a facility. So those are complicated.
1: Things though, man. Yeah, you need someone to to kind of walk you through. Cause there's, would you also agree? That's kind of a um. It's 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 almost kind of a little bit of a dangerous product because if it's kind of done weird or whatever, it could be not a good thing. You you, what? The best thing that happened was it got opened up to uh,
2: a lot more uh, institutions to be able to offer it. So uh, Uh, a few years ago we couldn't. That's right. Yeah. And um, a few years ago we couldn't offer those types of products. And
1: so uh, with with the ability of more institutions to be able to offer them comes an open market. Okay. Okay. Good. So so maybe some some opening up of some purse strings, maybe even some. Uh, new programs and stuff that uh, the, the baby boomers, booners. baby booners. baby booners yeah. you just said yeah they might be yeah. able to use that uh-huh. the boomers also might appreciate that too yeah. booner is a smaller subsect of the boomer uh-huh. they're a little bit more go getter <laughs> they go to the gym every day <laughs> Craig what say you bold predictions wrap it up
3: uh, you know what? I'll just dovetail into that. And uh, the re- reverse mortgage purchase program, I think is going to be more utilized. We got a lot of people that uh, you know might be empty nesters and be sitting on a, a four bedroom, two bath home, mm-hmm. don't want to take care of the yard anymore. Maybe move closer to the beach. I have a, a scenario where I had one person uh, exactly like that, where they wanted to get closer, buy a condo, sold their house out in El Cajon, uh, got six fifty for it bought a condo down near the beach, uh, Mission Valley, and uh, picked that up for about 400000 Based on their age and the calculation that's done, with the reverse mortgage purchase, they only had to come in with $210,000 for that purchase. And... Uh, they were able to pocket the the rest of the money mm-hmm. from the sale and mm-hmm. had about $400,000 plus uh, in the bank mm-hmm. and they had no mortgage payment whatsoever yeah. on the condo that they purchased. So, it's an incredible product. It's not for everybody yeah. but that's why you need somebody that's very familiar with the product yeah. both on the loan side and in the real estate negotiations yeah. that, that can that's help you. That's an
1: important part too. Well, so, it absolutely. sounds like you guys are both really bullish on that kind of specialized product. Maybe it's coming into its own. I'll say, I'll, I'll lead off with this. I think that, uh, that it's kind of more of a 30,000 foot prediction for 2017 and maybe even forward, but I'm watching the the market change uh, right before our eyes, where you could even make an argument that since the beginning of time, real estate was kind of all uh, sort of um, uh, one dimensional. And I think that as we get technology kind of into the play, it's going to weed out a lot of the folks who you might consider shouldn't be there in the first place. So with increased technology, maybe reduced incompetence, Hmm. if you know what I mean, and make this a more specialized conversation that people can actually enjoy because they have more control over, not just in the real estate game, but also in the mortgage game as well. And I love the fact that for millennials out there right now, if you heard any of this message about rents or you're trying to get in the market right now, we are the home of the first-time buyer. So come check us out uh, at thegreenhousegroupinc.com. Look up any three of us. We'd love to be able to help you. And thank you, gang, for hanging out with another dose of the truth. We'll be back for the new year. This was our 100th episode, by the way, so thanks yeah. for hanging yeah. out. Thanks, Jesse. That was fun. All right, yeah. you guys. Thanks, Jesse. Have a great holiday. All right. All
4: right.